What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Snare behind. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM. The station that leaves no listener behind. The Osgood File. Dave Ross in for Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. Lately, Pope Francis's public statements read like the topic list for a talk show. He says lifestyles have to change to prevent global warming. He says the spread of guns violates the church's pro-life teachings. He criticized business people who, quote, call themselves Christians and yet make weapons. He says it's a misreading of the passage in Genesis that gives mankind dominion over the earth to say it justifies strip mines. One critic compared his writings to the Unabomber manifesto and said his Twitter feed sounds like an ex-journalist tweaking on Red Bull. So what is the Pope up to? More after this from Charlie. Paul Vallely wrote a biography of Pope Francis entitled Untying the Knots, and he says you have to remember that this Pope once ministered in the slums of Buenos Aires. I mean, he said he wants a poor church for the poor. His whole background of uh, working with the people in the slums uh, for 18 years has given him a view that the church needs to be with poor people. And as to the charge that he is too liberal for the Catholic Church? He's not actually concerned with whether somebody is a conservative or a liberal. He's concerned with whether they have human warmth and a pastoral relationship with their, with their flock. He, keep, he uses the metaphor that a, a shepherd should smell of his sheep. Which is why he is now busy promoting a new generation of cardinals to keep the Catholic Church on this course long after he's gone. If he can bring in all these different cardinals from third world countries to bring different voices into the church and not promote all the people who are expecting to be made cardinals uh, in, in the U.S. And, uh, and in Europe, uh, he can change the kind of the complexion in a way which lets the genie out of the bottle a little. The Pope's bottom line, according to author Paul Vallely, it's hypocrisy to say you love God while ignoring the needs of human beings and ruining the ecosystems that human beings need to survive. The Osgood File, Dave Ross on the CBS Radio Network. Are you working harder than ever at your job, but find yourself getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our free information, you can lead a happier life, work from home, and start earning money as soon as next week. I was a, a traditional business owner, and our business was affected greatly by the economy, so we were looking for another income stream. It allowed me to actually walk away from a 16-year career and part owner in a traditional business just after eight months. Go to freedom105.com, get out of the rat race, work from home, and start earning great money as soon as next week. I'm a single mom. Before this business, I was over $90,000 in credit card 
dead alone. And now we go to Disneyland, Disney World. We've been on vacations to Hawaii. I never could have done that before this business. Go to freedom105.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom105.com, freedom105.com, and start earning great money as soon as next week. Like to spend a few days in another world? Then write this down. Golden Bear Cottages, Big Bear Lake. Now, listen, this is not some corporate-owned operation. It's family-owned and operated by some real nice people. Unique? Oh, you bet. Golden Bear Cottages features 28 one-of-a-kind cabins on a five-acre historic site. Great for families, couples, and groups. And cabins are available with one to seven bedrooms. Golden Bear Cottages is just a stone throw from Big Bear Lake and super close to three great ski areas. Now, I could go on all day about Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear, but to see everything, just go to goldenbear.net. Again, goldenbear.net. Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear. Clean, comfortable, and affordable. Check them out. Goldenbear.net. Art Bell is back. And he's coming to KCAA. There are a lot of people who think that we are Martians, that there's a strong possibility that we are Martians. That's why I said us. No, I'm serious. There was a civilization on Mars that might have been us or our ancestors. Nobody is more captivating than Art Bell. Now, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is something here that defies logical explanation. Tune into the best. Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell. The only way you're going to get the American people to pony up the billions of dollars, however many hundreds of billions it would be to go to Mars, the only way you're going to get them to do that is to convince them that we have a real reason to go. Want to take a ride? Coming July 20th. Weeknights at midnight on KCAA, 1050 AM. Other talk stations use words like savage. <laughs> Sounds brutal. Hey, it's all good. Your Superstation, AM 1050, News Talk KCAA. Hey, what the? Honey, the water just stopped in here. They turned it off because we're wasting water. What? What are you talking about? Because you know it's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, 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 drought. Yeah, it's pretty clear, we're really short on blue. It's time to save it, save it, like we're supposed to do. Some say it's doom, gloom, and all our grass must go. But together we can make it and enjoy our golden state. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, 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 drought. That's right. It's all about the drought. Welcome, Southern Californians, to the Water Zone on KCAA, 1050 AM in beautiful downtown San Bernardino. I'm Rob Starr, along with the Green Industry Hall of Fame inductee and seasoned professional, I have to say, Mr. Mike Barron. And we're here to help you separate the facts from the myths about water during this drought condition. Absolutely. 
our goal with this program is to inform our listeners, educate, and then motivate. I want to educate you about the severity of the current drought. You know, this, it's really very serious. And uh, the more you know about it, the more you know what others are doing about it, I think the more motivated you'll be to do something yourself. And we'll come up with some interesting new ideas. We'll share with you some interesting perspectives and facts about what's going on. We'll also have some special guests who are experts in their field and who will share with us their particular interests, their particular responsibilities in helping California get through this drought. And we're going to invite you to call in with questions. Well, Mike, you know, uh, first we should begin, but I want to make sure you know the rules of the broadcasting. Okay. Okay, now you got to think, really understand this. What's the number one rule in broadcasting? Be short and pithy. No dead air. Okay, okay. Okay, so when you have dead air, you have to sing. Can you sing? No, I can't. Oh, we're in trouble. Okay. Anyway, uh, so today we have some good guests coming in. We have uh, Ryan McManus. He's the Water Conservation Manager for Fairside Public Utilities. Uh, we have an interview with Senator Fran Pavley. Uh, she's on the uh, she's chair of the Natural Resources Board. And uh, we also have a gentleman named uh, Eric uh, from Valley Soil, and uh, he'll be he'll be here also tell you what he does. So anyway, uh, give you the call-in numbers. If you're local, please call in and say hi at 909-888-5222. And if you're outside the 909 area code, do 888-909-1050. Uh, so let's go into some water topics of the week. We're fixing a microphone issue that we have here on the right side. And uh, we're going to talk about the water topic of the week. And as soon as Mike gets his mic on working, we'll start in. All right. I am back and ready to go. So, Rob, you know, uh, I would say this week uh, there's good news and there's bad news. So first, the bad news. There are over 2,000 households today in the state of California that do not have any running water in their home. Can you imagine if you went home and you couldn't turn on the shower, you couldn't uh, get water out of the sink, faucet, uh, not, to mention, not to mention the toilet. I mean, that's pretty ser serious, in my opinion. And 2,000 Californians have that challenge right now. So that's the bad news. That's how serious this drought is. And, you know, it's not going to rain all that much between now and October. So the bottom line is we've all got to do our part to be as judicious with what water we do use. Now the good news is the state of California in the month of April say or reduced their total consumption of water by 13.5%. So basically what we're talking about making good progress towards the goal of reducing water usage by 25% in the entire state of California. So that's the good news. People are starting to realize just how severe this drought is, 
just how much we all have to try to do individually. And I'm excited that Ryan McManus from the Riverside Public Utilities is here because he's been working on conservation for not just this year, but for many, many years prior to that. So, Ryan, welcome. Thank you so much, guys. Um, again, I'm Ryan McManus. I'm the uh, water conservation coordinator at Riverside Public Utilities. And uh, I, I really appreciate you guys having me in here today. Thank you. So, Ryan, tell us a little about your coverage area for RPU. How big is it? What do you guys cover? So, you know, we're, we're actually a fairly large service territory. Um, Riverside is the 12th largest city in the state of California. Um, we have about 300,000 people that live in our, in our community, and we cover nearly 90,000, or sorry, 90 square miles of, uh, of geography. Of that, there's about 65,000 water customers that we have in our utility, and uh, we have about 110 uh, electric meters in our utility. So I know you're, you guys are involved in the drought every single day, and it's, it's got to be a great concern to all your, your, your customers. So what, is, what actions is RPU taking to, to fight the drought, and, and what are your customers thinking about that? So we've been, we've been tasked with a, with a pretty large feat. We've been asked by the, uh, by the State Water Resources Control Board to reduce our, our citywide consumption by 28%. So uh, the mandates placed on the utility – it's not an individual mandate, uh, but we will not be able to get to a 28% reduction unless all of our customers in our community adopts an attitude of conservation and is willing to uh, you know, chip in and, and, and cut where they can. So, so what programs have you instituted in the last – because I know you started rebate programs and other things a couple of years ago because you saw this coming and you wanted to get ahead of the curve. Yeah, we, you know, we've been, we've been actually fortunate because um, Riverside's a little unique in, in the water world. And, and what makes us unique is we sit on and control all of our own water supply. Uh, so that being said, we've actually had water conservation programs for nearly 15 years now. And we started out with toilets and sink aerators and slowly but surely have, have moved into offering, you know, a, a pretty large portfolio of rebate programs now. And, I'm, you know, I'm really proud to say that over the last 15 years of us doing uh, rebate programs, we've saved all, uh, a little over $12.5 billion, with a B, gallons of water. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's enough water for 80,000 families for an entire year. So, um, you know, I've, I'm proud of our, our efforts. So that way Riverside can build their infrastructure and continue growing. It's Co never going to slow correct. down. I mean, we do. We, 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 although we have our – although we control our water supply, uh, you know, it is limited. And if we want to continue to grow, we have to continue, continue to look at where we can provide new resources and one of the easiest resources to provide is conservation. And so a, a gallon not used on somebody's uh, property can be used somewhere else. And so we've, we've, we've instituted quite a, quite a few of our, our, our measures uh, and quite a few of our programs have been rolling now for the last uh, four years that have really produced a lot of water savings. Um, we've been lucky enough to have Toro located within our service territory. And so... We've partnered with Toro on many, many projects throughout the years. 
One of them uh, that I'm proud to, to talk about today is a, a program that we offer with Toro products, and it's actually installed by one of your guests that you're going to have today here on the show, Eric Anderson from Valley Soil. Uh, we offer a, uh, a program called the Smart Irrigation Program. Smart Irrigation Program is a program in which RPU targets our highest water users. And what we do is we go out and we offer to change out their sprinkler controllers to a weather-based irrigation controller. And we're able to leverage um, a, another program, which is the free sprinkler nozzles program, to provide free nozzles, free high-efficient nozzles to, to our customers. So about the free sprinkler nozzles, how did, how did that come to be? I understand you guys were the ones who helped develop that. Yeah, again, um, we're, you know, not every city, not every utility is lucky enough to have a, a, a sprinkler manufacturer in their service territory. Um, but several years ago, one of, my, one of my coworkers, actually, he's moved on since, uh, he woke up in the middle of the night with a dream, literally woke up <laughs> out of a dream. Um, and what he wanted to do is he wanted to offer, um, Toro had just recently released a, a new nozzle, uh, and it was a pr it's called the Toro Precision Nozzle. And what's unique about this nozzle is a customer can do a one-for-one -one exchange with their current nozzle. They don't have to touch their controller. They literally just unscrew one nozzle and screw the new one in and immediately can save between 20 and 30%, you know, depending on what their water pressure is. And in our, in our arid climate, we know that about 60 to 70% of a customer's water usage goes outdoors and so for us to be able to collaborate with a with a local manufacturer and then another sister water district western municipal water district we were able to to provide to build and to implement uh, a, a website it's called free sprinkler nozzles.com and what's what's really great about it is anybody whose water district participates in this program can log on they can watch instructional videos on how to do the actual retrofit, uh, print out a voucher, and take a voucher down to a store. And at, at no cost to the customer, they're completely free. Uh, they can pick up 25 free high-efficiency nozzles if they're a resident and, uh, and 100 plus if they're a commercial customer. Uh, and and do the retrofit themselves. Well, if you're if you're a resident, if you're a resident and you need more than the 25, can you go to this other rebate program they have, uh, SoCalWaterSmart.com? Absolutely. Um, they, they, you can. There's there's actually a couple places you could go. You could visit our website, GreenRiverside.com. Um, we actually offer offer the uh, nozzle rebates themselves. Or if you have a you know if you have a particular a unique situation, um, we're able to work with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I know you mentioned uh, that you use or have implemented multiple uh, programs, look at different aspects to dealing with the drought. So one of the things I've seen is uh, a lot of these uh, street medians uh, of grass that have turned pretty brown. And, Correct. And I understand that the State Water Resources Control Board for the state of California has basically said during this drought emergency, all city medians that have turf should not be watered. Is that what you understand as well? Yeah, um, and I'll clarify that just a little bit. Um, it's They cannot be irrigated with drinking water or potable water. Oh. Um, and so there are some areas that uh, if, if, a, if a resident drives by and sees a green median, chances are 
that that's being irrigated by by recycled water. Oh, but, excellent. But you're absolutely right. Um, it's now illegal in the state of California to to irrigate uh, street medians. Well, you know, when you put it in perspective in terms of farmers being able to grow food for us to eat yeah. uh, or fire departments being able to use water to put out a fire, yep. you know, you've got to put those things uh, during this emergency into perspective. So I think most of us can agree that that makes it makes some sense. It makes perfect sense. I mean, the opportunity cost is just too high to irrigate grass that nobody ever walks on yeah. uh, and to forego uh, using that water in a more productive manner. And, and right. I, think, I think you can extend that also to these really small, uh, small narrow bands of turf. They're, you know, as a manufacturer, I know Toro has said, hey, those are tough to water unless you're using subsurface drip mm-hmm. irrigation. And it seems to me that that's a great place to use another program that I think RPU has, which is turf removal program. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, correct. And let me just add on a little bit, Mike, to, to your to your first thought is that as cities are looking at areas where they can reduce use water in a better manner somewhere else on their facilities, you know, I urge uh, all customers and residents to have that same thought process. If I don't need to use the water here, I can use it over on this part of my property where I actually really need it. And so that that is what a lot of the basis for our turf removal program is, is um, we're asking folks, both businesses and uh, residents and institutions, uh, if, you're, if the only time that you're walking on your turf is to mow it or fertilize it, then chances are there's better use for that area than uh, just just growing grass. Because uh, grass, especially the grass that, that is in most of our service territory, is really meant to live on the East Coast where yeah. it's cooler and it's wetter. Yeah, they call that uh, cool season turf grass, right? Because Correct. it's going to stay green all season long. On the other hand, um, horticulturalists will tell us that with warm season turf grass, You'll get the green color in the uh, late spring and all during the summer and early fall, and then it goes dormant, and you actually can save 20 to 25% of the amount of water and still have the benefits of uh, a turf uh, landscape. Correct, and yeah, and that's a, that's a really important point, and I wanted to get to that, is all turf is not uh, evil. That's right. It's not a four-letter it's word, not, It's it? not a four-letter <laughs> word. Um, although I guess it is a four-letter well, word, yeah, but, but not that kind of four-letter <laughs> word. It's another kind of four-letter word. Um, there's absolutely appropriate uses, and to your point, there's appropriate turf for our uh, for our region, and in that, there's appropriate methodology and appropriate equipment that you're supposed to use to irrigate that turf, and you know that's why we've gotten behind using um, some of the, the weather-based irrigation controllers that, that Toro produces. And we've used our high-efficiency sprinkler nozzles because, again, we're not anti-turf. What we are is we're anti-waste. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way. I and here before we close this section, um, is there anything, Rob, that you want to add to this? or? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think, you know, having an irrigation system is important to some, some or a lot of people, but there's things they need to know. One, it's the design of how it was put in and what's it, what's it doing. Two, 
the maintenance of it, that's very important because if people don't understand it and manage that, it's just like your car and you don't put oil in or something else, it's going to go bad. I mean, we've all taken steps to reduce water. If you take a look at the water that we have in our homes, I'm sure, Mike, you've done a lot of stuff, uh, uh, you know, turning the water off when you brush your teeth, the cutting the showers. Um, a lot of people have regular water heaters instead of the new, the new type, uh, the tankless ones that automatically mm-hmm. deliver the heat. Mike and I were at a show a couple of years ago, and it was kind of interesting. They had a, a bottle of stuff. I don't remember the name of it. Oh, it's an organic solution, high-concentration solution that you could spray into your uh, commode. Yeah, kind of like a potpourri. But the problem was, at least, I, we, we both got bottles of samples. They gave it to us, and, and Mike took his home. I took my home, and I'm burning it in my wife. My wife says, what's this? And I tell her what it is, and she says, so the rule is you use, your, you use the toilet all day long. Everybody can use the toilet, but they don't flush it. And every time you use it, you just do one or two sprays of this thing, and you leave it there until you go to bed, and then you, you do the flush. And I don't know about at Mike's home, but I know my wife says, you ain't bringing that here. Well, it's, like, it's like having a porta potty hey, in Rob, your house. <laughs> who wears the pants in your family? My wife. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, at least <laughs> you're honest about it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I had a struggle with my wife, a little discussion there. But now that it's a drought emergency, she has embraced some of, some of these uh, water-saving approaches because – that's how I think we need to do is do things that we've never done before that really aren't asking too much. You know, we should see this as a effort that we're all being uh, part of, that we're all trying to strive to get through to the next rainy season. You know, and, and one thing that I, I really would like to add is that your water utility desperately wants to work with you. We don't want to penalize you. We don't want to come after you um, and, and, and penalize you. We have programs to offer to, to assist. We have guidance to offer to assist. Um, we're the experts, and uh, the only way that we're able to communicate that uh, to our customers in most cases is if customers reach out and try to participate in our programs. I think that's something that's uh, very important because this applies to really any water agency that I've ever dealt with on a one-on-one basis yeah. is the desire to resolve the excessive water use yep. in a mutually advantageous way, it's not just hammering people with, hey, you know, here's a penalty, here's a citation. Correct. So that's a good message to, uh, to close on, I think, of this, this, uh, this discussion, and that is uh, your water agency is your water-saving friend. So <laughs> reach out. I get paid to help people. That's my perspective, and uh, and I and I know my colleagues feel the same way. Excellent. Well, one of the things uh, this is perfect to segue. But uh, Mike, how much do you enjoy your lawn? I enjoy it a lot, especially since I have a two and a half year old grandson and a couple of dogs visiting. I know a lot of people don't. You know, think about or, or they think about putting in artificial turf. And one of the things I recently found out that I was blown away by, the temperature of artificial turf can get as hot as asphalt. And actually, I, actually, Rob, it's hotter than uh, asphalt based on university testing. So you wonder, well, how can it get hotter than black asphalt? And that's because the surface area of the, le- of the little blades, there's more surface area in the aggregate in a square foot of, of, of artificial turf. So use it, but understand that it's probably not the best place, especially for the Inland Empire with uh, the kind of summers we have out here. Yeah, no. not, not to have kids playing on it. I agree. 
So. Well, if you're worried about losing your lawn due to the latest drought mandates, a lot of people are, are afraid that you have to get rid of everything. Uh, our, our wonderful sponsor, Toro, would like to show you how effective their new WaterSmart products are. And, uh, and they're really good at saving and maintaining a healthy landscape. So they're, they're putting together a contest, which they gave to us, which we think is good. And, uh, Mike, you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, you bet. So uh, it's called Save Your Lawn Contest. What we want to know is why would you want to save your lawn? Tell us with a couple of pictures and no more than 300 words. Submit that to us. And we're counting the words. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, in this case, less is more. The fewer words, more precise, the more we'll uh, like it. But, uh, yeah, we want to know out there, why is it that you enjoy your lawn? Why would you want to save your lawn versus having to take it out and put in uh, some other type of landscape. And, of course, you've got the backyard, perhaps for your play, for your play area. Yep. Front yard, more drought-tolerant landscaping with uh, water-saving drip irrigation. But, yeah, let us know. Let us hear. Well, to our listeners, it's really simple to do. Just go to the following website, toro.com backslash water zone to enter. It's real simple. It's a one-page thing. You just enter your name, a couple words, put a picture in, send it to us. And the contest is open to uh, and valid for a KCAA 1050 listeners. Yeah, and, and basically what uh, the sponsors have agreed to do is to send out a professional contractor to assess your lawn and then to identify water-saving products that will reduce your water consumption for outdoor landscaping a good 30%, and you can save that lawn as well. So it's a, it's a neat, neat program. Okay. Well, let's uh, take a little break here, and uh, thanks for joining at KCAA, 1050 AM. We'll be back shortly. Art Bell is back, and he's coming to KCAA. There are a lot of people who think that we are Martians, that there's a strong possibility that we are Martians. That's why I said us. No, I'm serious. There was a civilization on Mars that might have been us or our ancestors. Nobody is more captivating than Art Bell. Now, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is something here that defies logical explanation. Tune into the best. Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell. The only way you're going to get the American people to pony up the billions of dollars, however many hundreds of billions it would be to go to Mars, the only way you're going to get them to do that is to convince them that we have a real reason to go. Want to take a ride? Coming soon. Weeknights at midnight on KCAA, 1050 AM. It's time for some delicious food at Pizza Dilly. Pizza Dilly Pizza in Colton, home of the famous two-foot pizza with 32 slices of simply the best delicious Pizza Dilly mouth-watering pizza. Pizza Dilly has all kinds of lunch specials Monday through Friday, starting at $3.99, all delicious. Stop by, refresh, refuel, have a cold drink, enjoy a tasty salad or a great specialty delicious sub sandwich or simply delightful Pizza Dilly wings. Pizza Dilly is also a people dilly because your Friends are all already there enjoying one of Pizza Dilly's giant screens, watching one of their favorite teams, and if you love the Dodgers, you'll love Pizza Dilly, your hometown Dodger station all year round. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come on in. Enjoy a great pizza. Enjoy Pizza Dilly. The real Dilly deal at 194 East Valley Boulevard in Colton or call 909-370-0242. Once again, that's 909-370-0242. Welcome back to the Water Zone. appreciate everybody listening in. And uh, we've been lucky enough uh, to catch up with uh, California State Senator uh, Fran Pavley yesterday. And uh, we were hoping she'd be on the show. And she will be, except it's going to be recorded. Uh, she's flying at this moment back to uh, Calabasas. So uh, I want you to hear what we uh, had our conversation with yesterday. Welcome back to the Water Zone with Mike Barron and myself, Rob Starr, on KCAA 1050 AM. Our next guest, California State Senator Fran Pavley, is no stranger to protecting our water in California. She recently led the charge for Senate Bill SB 248, which will require regulators to boost controls over the petroleum industry's disposal of potentially tainted water being injected into the ground aquifers. A little bit uh, about the senator, and I don't mean to embarrass her, but she earned a master's degree in environmental planning at Cal State Northridge. That's my old alma mater, so I appreciate that. And actually, it was San Fernando Valley State College when I went there the first time. Uh, taught middle school for 28 years. In 1982, became the first mayor of Agoura Hills. She served four terms on the city council. In 2000, elected to the California State Assembly and served, me, served three terms, and elected to the California State Senate in 2008. Senator Pavley currently serves as the chair of the Senate Natural Resources and Water Committee and also chairs the Select Committee on Climate Change and Assembly Bill 32 Implementation and Participation in various other Senate committees. So welcome to the show, Senator Pavley. Thank you very much. So to start off, I just want to get some information and learn some expertise from you. Uh, what are some of the issues that your committee is addressing regarding water? Well, I chair the Natural Resources and Water Committee for the State Senate. Um, we have several members on the committee that represent different areas of the state. And just for your listeners to know, water is the most challenging political issue and complex issue the state is facing because it's a geographic issue. Um, it has to do with property rights, uh, especially in groundwater basins and the overlying property owners and how much water they get. It's extremely challenging on how you manage water, who gets it, how much should the north give the south, um, really complex issues, very exciting, and I'm, I'm glad to and honored to be chair of this committee. So uh, this year in particular with our fourth year regular drought, we're doing focusing on a variety of issues. One is the implementation of the 
our state's first groundwater management sustainable act. Um, we'll be managing our groundwater basins. We're also focusing on distributing Proposition $1. That was the voter-approved initiative from last year that invests uh, money in water quality and water supply. So we're talking a lot about that. We're looking at different ways to use, for example, um, money from cap and trade from energy, uh, operating more energy efficient water services. For example, 20% of all the energy we use in the state is moving and treating water. Uh, can we make some better investments in water conservation and water solutions that help us manage water uh, regionally? and with that, save on energy costs as well as providing more sustainable water supply. So all these different issues are coming together, uh, very interesting times. And as you mentioned uh, in the beginning, we're also looking at possible contaminations of groundwater basins, particularly in the Central Valley and the Kern County area, um, from waste disposal wells from oil operations and looking at whether they have contaminated or are likely to contaminate some groundwater basins. Well, that does sound like a uh, very broad area to be investigating and researching, and it's good to have someone with your background and expertise uh, involved. Um, one of the things you mentioned was the ground management, groundwater management solutions, and we'd like to know, does California today have groundwater management districts or agencies that are managing the, the state's groundwater? Well, there aren't necessarily separate groundwater management agencies, but uh, there are 515 groundwater basins in the state of California. And I know Riverside gets some of their water from their groundwater supply, and they're managed in all different, different ways. Um, many of the basins, in fact, um, I believe it's 23 of them have gone through what we call an adjudication process where the courts have determined how much water there is and how much water each of the overlying property owners is entitled to. So they are managing their groundwater basin. Hopefully they're not taking out a lot more than is going back in or they're going to be left with uh, overdraft problems which could be lead to water quality problems, and in the Central Valley we're seeing subsidence as well. And so what the measure I passed and was signed into law by Governor Brown did was for those basins that had not been adjudicated through the courts so that you could determine how much was everyone's legal right to a certain amount of water in that particular basin. Uh, we're focusing on uh, those basins that are in severe distress. We call them high and medium priority basins where they are literally running out of water. They've taken out way more than can be replenished. So in that case, uh, those basins that are under high degree of stress, um, people will have to start forming their own groundwater management agencies. Um, then they have to develop a groundwater management plan 
It'll have to determine how much everyone gets. And when the level of the groundwater basin goes down, you have to adjust how much everyone gets. It's been the Wild West in California. In many parts of the state, whoever has the deepest well can get the most water. And people that can't compete in what I call the race to the bottom are literally left high and dry. In fact, I have on my desk a a map showing that in the Tulare County area, as of last week, there's 1,281 households without access to well water. They are out of water, and the state of California now has to ship in or truck in huge containers of water uh, so people can just meet their basic needs. Yeah, I don't, I don't think those of us that are in larger urban communities realize just how severe this drought is that people that used to go to their tap to get water, there's just nothing there, just nothing at all. So uh, the kind of work that's being done and that you're overseeing seems to me uh, very, very important. Now, speaking of water and the quality of water, um, I've heard this term of fracking. I think I know what it's about, but, but how would you describe the process of hydraulic fracking? What's that about? Well, that's a an enhanced oil recovery method and new technologies that oil companies are doing so they can drill deep underground. They use a combination of 95% water, some chemicals, several of them very toxic, and a small amount of sand to free up captured oil that's lying uh, deep under the uh, Earth's surface. Uh, they can then pump it out of the ground. So uh, this is through what the area of the state that has Monterey Shale, so the right kinds of rocks that would allow access to it. So this new technology, large, high-volume, high-pressure injections of water with chemical and sand can free up oil. We have regulations in place, and you can go to your computer right now, look under the Department of Conservation, and and look under uh, the word fracking or enhanced oil recovery, and you can see where wells are being fracked, what chemicals are being used, uh, where they're getting the water, and how they're disposing of the waste fluids. It's all public information because of a new law uh, that was passed. Uh, I had authored it a couple of couple of years ago, and um, 97% of all the wells being fracked are in Kern County. Very wow. few are in other areas of the state. So I want to let your listeners know that. But here's the challenge: in Kern County, you have an interesting combination of um, a lot of oil wells. You also have a lot of agricultural lands. And uh, they rely on, in oh, in Kern County, and a lot of the Central Valley, they rely on the snowpack of the high Sierras to replenish their uh, dams and surface water storage areas, and also to replenish their groundwater basins. The last thing you want to do is have those waste disposal wells contaminate any of their groundwater basins. Those are called aquifers. Any contamination of a water that's being used for drinking water or agricultural purposes, you certainly don't want um, a damage. The Environmental Protection Agency, the federal government, came in last fall and said that several of 
the oil waste disposal wells, not the ones that have been fracked, but the other ones for traditional oil drilling or cyclic steam and steam injection and other enhanced oil recovery methods, some of those wells for waste disposal fluids are in protected aquifers. They should not have been allowed to be put there. So now uh, the state is very involved with our state water board assisting our Department of Oil and Gas in analyzing and reviewing those waste disposal wells to make sure that they have not contaminated our groundwater basins. So between the drought and fracking, <laughs> uh, this is a very challenging time. Uh, you know, what do they say, uh, uh, ignorance is bliss? I think most of us uh, don't realize just how much is involved in uh, going on. But um, with respect to um, this uh, fracking process, do you have a sense that um, there is some contamination of our underground aquifers or groundwater basins? Uh, do you think that's happening? Is there a way to know that that's happening or not? Um, we have no evidence that that is happening. I did mention the last indication of uh, 2,500 wells that possibly could be contaminated with. That's from traditional uh, waste disposal mm. injections by oil companies, not fracked wells. But regarding fracked wells, a relatively new technology that's been around for a few years, uh, starting in 2014, we're documenting where every well is and notifying property owners and know exactly what chemicals. So the purpose of that is creating the transparency to follow those chemicals in the event that they leak into any groundwater basins. Uh, these wells should not be in areas with groundwater basins, but um, uh, sometimes, as you know, uh, water has the way of, of moving or maybe breaking out of the uh, structure of the well and the integrity is lost of the well and it could leak out into groundwater basins. So. We have to be very, very careful, and our state water board and regional water boards who traditionally focus on protecting water quality are now um, partners, if you will, with the state agencies that regulate oil drilling. Very good. And I know you mentioned the Department of Conservation uh, for the state of California that all of the information about what chemicals are being used in the fracking process and um, a lot of transparency there, so if anyone's interested, they can uh, go to the go to that Department of Conservation or Google that and and get that information. I think that's uh, that transparency is very helpful. And and we were one of the um, first states at first, uh, to be able to have that up online with listing the specific chemicals used. Um, that used to be what was called a trade secret, and I challenge the oil companies that if they have nothing to hide, uh, then they need to be really forthcoming with the public and provide that information. So the way to prove that their fracking operations aren't contaminating the groundwater basin is to list those chemicals and then we can see that they are not contaminating the groundwater basin. So we're relying on the integrity, structural integrity of the well casings and a variety of other things. Um, 
possible challenges over long term from seismic activity Ooh. could become mm-hmm. an issue. And I want to let you know that... Um, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. About the second week in July, we will have an independent study completed that is going to look at some of these issues related to fracking um, as far as um, impacts related to earthquakes or how do they affect water quality or a whole variety of sources of concerns. How could they contaminate the groundwater basins? But uh, your listeners could look forward to being able to uh, read and try to understand what a group of scientists uh, are saying and reviewing our energy and, and water potential problems related to hydraulic fracking. Well, that's great. I mean, one of the things of our objective of our show is to separate facts from the myths, and, and, and that's good to know. Uh, switching just last question here on Proposition 1 bond funds, are they creating additional water supplies through recycling projects and stormwater capture? That is one of my top priorities because that would benefit almost any region in the state. And in fact, with the Governor Brown signing of the budget uh, today, uh, there will be additional Prop $1 coming out and um, quite a bit of money coming towards local governments, local water agencies to implement water recycling programs. We're going to have to be smarter on how we use water. We can't use water just once anymore and throw it away. We're going to have to use it two or three times. So using treated wastewater minimally for landscaping purposes or industrial purposes is absolutely essential. And many cities, especially in Southern California area, are very interested in doing a better job at stormwater capture and reuse. Uh, Most people think of stormwater as a liability. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley and you just put it in those big cement culverts and it got washed to the ocean. Now we look at it, especially in a drought, as an asset. And so you're going to see a lot of attempts made to do a better job at capturing the rain next time we do get a storm and then reusing it um, either to replenish groundwater basins that have been diminished or for using it and treating it for landscaping or other purposes. Do you know of any regional solutions that people are doing now or what they plan to do? Or Well, a lot of people are involved in what we call almost um, just conservation efforts. Uh, most urban areas, 70% of the water we use is on landscaping, so we're going to have to be smarter in how we use water and so landscaping is one of those areas where we have to do we have to do a better job. The other thing is we're going to be putting some um, exciting new opportunities and rebates for more water efficient appliances that'll be available to consumers 
whether it's a water and energy efficient washing machine or dishwasher or low floor to low flow toilets, there's going to be some rebate or uh reduction in prices to encourage um uh the public that this might be a good time to uh, invest in a more modern uh, washing machine or or uh dishwasher. Okay, and I heard that uh I just as a, a note uh that in 2014, at least the uh, rain year, that uh, the state of California was able to achieve the uh, gallons per capita per day figure uh, that was that we were challenged with back in 2010 in the 20 by 2020 challenge. And uh, we have to do more, and we're here trying to let folks know about more opportunities to uh, reduce water consumption, reduce that water footprint. And so we really appreciate uh, you're providing this insight and information about what's going on with the state of California and uh, our natural resources. Well, I want to thank you for having a radio show focusing on this issue. We're we're finding out this is the number one issue in the in the state of California right now. It's the drought and how to do a better job at managing our water supply. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, our our words to our listeners are: be smart. Be water smart. Anyway, thank you, Senator Papley, for joining with us, and uh, hope you have a good evening. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, we're going to take a little break here and be right back, and we got some prizes. And if you're trying to call in, uh, we got two lines open left, and we're giving away some prizes. So uh, give us a call. Slam the door on fee pay. Forget everything you know about selling online because I'm here to tell you about a new and revolutionary way to buy and sell on the Internet. BuySellMakeOffer.com is here to shake up the web. Tired of paying those outrageous fees? You'll never pay a fee with BuySellMakeOffer.com. For a monthly membership package starting at only $7.95, you can list and sell up to 50 items. That would cost you nearly 100 bucks with the other guys. Go right now to BuySellMakeOffer.com and sign up today. Attention, teachers, nurses, social workers, government employees, police officers, and firefighters. If you are still paying on student loans, then get ready for a special announcement. Your entire student loan can be forgiven. You heard correctly. Broadsword Student Advantage has free information on how you can potentially have the remaining balance of your student loan debt completely forgiven. We can help anyone with student loans potentially cut their payments in half, reduce their interest rate, or consolidate their outstanding loan. But if you are a teacher, nurse, social worker, government employee, police officer, or firefighter, you have the added benefit of potentially having your student loan completely forgiven. Call now for free information to find out how. Call 800-481-2993. That's 800-481-2993. Don't waste another payment on your old student loans. Call for your free information now. 800-481-2993. That's 800-481-2993. K-C-A-A. -A. 
I just had a meeting with the chief engineer at the station. He's fixed all the microphone problems that we had, so we apologize for that. Again, if you're trying to call in, please do. We're going to give away a 12-station smart irrigation controller, value of $400. And we're going to pick, of all the lights that are lighting up here, we're going to pick what? So I'm kind of laughing at that because I want to want to get a good winner here. The numbers to call in if you're local in the 909 area, 888 888- Five two two two. If you're outside that area, at long distance is eight 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 nine zero nine ten fifty. Anyway, we're back, and uh, we have a, a guest here named Eric Anderson, and he's the owner of Valley Soil, and they're a water conservation company. So, welcome, Eric, to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Rob and Mike. Um, I appreciate uh, you bringing me here, and uh, you know it's my honor to represent the heroes in the trenches who make water conservation happen. Well, we appreciate that, and you're definitely one of those. So, for the listening audience, just tell us what who's Valley Soil? What do they do? Well, we are a water conservation company. Our only goal is to help customers save water, and we manage this through agencies and phone calls and marketing and everything else. Um, We've actually helped over 20,000 customers, uh, and we're saving about 2 million gallons of water per year. And you're based here in the Inland Empire. Absolutely. We're down in Temecula, but um, we come all the way out. We go out to the desert. We go all the way to Ventura and all the way to San Diego. Now, I know you work. You, you get contracted by a lot of the major water agencies around the, the, the counties here. What do you actually do for them, and, and, why, and what service do you provide them and the customer? Well, generally what they do is provide us with a list of their high water users, and from that list, then we will actually direct market them and try to get them excited and interested into uh, taking advantage of the programs that the agencies offer. Um, We come out and we do a water audit. We do an evaluation of their site. We go ahead and take a look to see how they're using water. We determine what may be the best products for them, and we help them with the best management practices. And, and what, what do you consider an audit so people understand what that means? Uh, an audit is actually taking a, a hard, educated look at the way that you're using water and the way that the water is being applied. We're taking a look for inconsistencies. We're taking a look for bad spray patterns. We're taking a look for dry spots. We're taking a look at runoff. We're taking a look at anything that can actually impact the amount of water that our, a customer uses. No, I, I understand that your your team, including you, are what's called CLII, Certified Landscape Irrigation Auditor. And why is that important for your customer when you go out and see them versus a, a, a regular mow-and-blow kind of person? This is a great question, and we get it all the time. Um, these are credentialed specialists, and what they do is they provide an outside and unbiased view of your water use and how well you're applying it. Um, what they do at the back end of this is they suggest best management practices, recommend upgrades, uh, recommend um, you know controllers, nozzles, anything that can that you can use to uh, conserve water, and they give you choices and options so you can make the best decision for this. Um, these specialists should be able to manage your water, and what we like to tell our customers is that if you're going to build a home. You don't hire the contract first. You need a plan, and these are the guys that can give you the plan. Super. Well, when you uh, talk about water management and identifying inefficiencies in the existing sprinkler system, um, is that very common? Very much so. Uh, there's generally no system that's tight enough to be uh, uh worthy of not doing anything well i know in my own case and i have to, i've been embarrassed to admit this but uh, this about four years ago before the drought um all of a sudden my water bill like doubled 
And I thought, what in the world is going on? And that's when I took a look and I turned on every zone of my sprinkler system and I discovered a valve that was just leaking water. And it was almost swamp back there. You know, and I, is there, I thought to myself, you know, if I just walked the, turned on the system and checked things out, I probably could have found that problem a month earlier or two months earlier and not have that high water bill. Right. That is something that we recommend, Mike, is um, that, a, that a homeowner, a customer, even commercial property, once a week actually does walk around and turn every valve on. Now, you don't have to turn it on for longer than a minute, but you have to turn it on long enough to where you can identify the problems. And we generally recommend that you put flags or golf tees or something there so you can have your gardener or you can come back and fix it when you find it. Excellent. Well, um, I know for a fact that your company has visited hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of sites. Share with us maybe uh, something unusual that you've seen um, that was unexpected when you checked out the sprinkler system. The the most interesting of all is we, we got a call from a customer in Corona, and uh, we were asked to come out and check their sprinkler controller because it wasn't working, and it was making a noise. Well, they had the controller inside their home at the head of their bed, so this was making a noise all night long, so we actually had to move the controller outside. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's, that's Talk about... Uh having a friend at, at the bedside, right? So <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. It, w- it would drive them crazy. We, we've, we've seen a lot. We've, um, we've seen some good stuff, too. Um, you know, my neighbor, for example, uh, you know, calls himself water conscious, and uh, he just put in 10,000 square feet of uh, cool season turf, and he's manually watering it with a hose-in sprinkler. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, nothing beats a person out there, you know, just managing the water on a minute-by-minute basis, but I don't know. It just seems, uh, I guess if you're retired, that might make sense, but otherwise, that's probably not the most efficient way to manage your system. And and 10,000 square feet for anybody is just, today is huge. So where where can somebody get a hold of you? Um, You can get a hold of us either at uh, www.valleysoil.com, or you can call us at uh, our 800 number, which is 888-268-1009. You can go to SaveWater at ValleySoil.com, or you can call us direct at 951-767-2215. Great. And on the contest, just so everybody knows, Eric's going to be the one that we're sending out to the winner who's going to scope out your system and help you help us uh, get this thing installed. Again, please go to uh, uh, www.toro.com backslash water zone to enter the contest. And, uh, again, we're giving away a $400 controller to anybody who calls in. So we appreciate it. We're going we're to pick it in a minute here, and we'll, we'll call that back in surprise. So thanks for joining the first show. I uh, hope it was good. We're going to be more informative with great guests as we go on. So everybody have a good evening. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. 6 p.m. Thursday. Be there. off that exhausting hamster wheel and into balanced living with Dr. Marissa. Her mission, to be a beneficial presence on the planet. Her purpose, to be your personal advocate to live, love, laugh, learn. Her life motto, don't die wondering. 
Take Back Your Life with Dr. Marisa Fay. Every Thursday night at 7 on KCAA, NBC News Radio, AM 1050. 